there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A warm Wednesday slash Thursday morning to you all. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a terrific show for you as we're going to be welcoming on Mike Farron in the second segment. He does a great job with MLB Radio Network and he also does pre and post game work with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're going to talk to him in the second segment just about what we've seen with regards to perhaps foreign leagues maybe having a little bit more clout than they did before COVID-19 given the success of the KBO. The Japanese league is going to be coming back in a couple weeks so we'll have a little bit of a chat there and obviously get a little bit of a check in as to where things sit with us perhaps getting a Major League Baseball season out here in the States as well. As you heard in the open, we are now a worldwide baseball podcast. We used to be MLB overtime betting, but right now there is no MLB, but there is baseball being played out there in Korea. So in the final segment, going to give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call touch them all. And we will be rounding up the games that we saw from Wednesday morning in the first segment as well. Always love being able to answer your Twitter questions first. So if you ever have something that you'd like to answer on this podcast, whether it comes to MLB baseball, the KBO, general betting, always fire that into my timeline at GRSquarty1, and I'm happy to give you guys an answer. If you send these questions via DM, though, the letter ZM to me and me does not matter. So 
Do not try it that way if you send them via DM. Well, I think that Pikachu is going to wind up taking it and putting it in the Hanwha Eagles crowd, so I will not be able to see it. But if you send him into the timeline, more than happy to give you an answer. Did not get in any today, so let's get into what we all saw from the KBO Wednesday morning. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The all-or-nothing mantra for Kia continued Wednesday morning as they wound up getting shut down by the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. I count it 5-0. How about one Audrey Semit de Spagne? He had himself a very good start. Eight innings, did not give up a single run. Did have three walks. That was more than he had the entire season combined coming into this game. But for the Blobs offense, which is very banged up actually, they were able to get three runs in five innings against the starter Ki Young Im. Ki Young Im is a guy that has actually been doing a pretty solid job so far this year. But in this one, he just had a little bit of a tough time keeping him off the base pass. Gave up six hits over the course of five innings. And then from there, the bullpen for Kia wound up giving up two runs over the course of three innings for the Tigers. A big thing with this team is they come and go as Preston Tucker does. He went one of three in this game, and this is someone that has one hit or fewer in four of the team's last five. So that is part of the reason why they have been able to struggle. And for the Smiling Blobs, didn't have to go into the bullpen too much, which is right now leading the KBO in regards to blowing saves. A team that would have really had to try to blow a save if they wanted to, that would be the LG Twins. They got up early and often on the Hanwha Eagles, and they win by a count of 15-4. to This in front of a crowd that included Dragonite, Snorlax, the entire Pikachu family, Piglet, the snowman from Frozen. I've never seen the movie because it's very girly, but the snowman from Frozen was there, and also our friend SpongeBob SquarePants. And I'm sure that they were very, very displeased with how Hanwha was playing. I think that Snorlax didn't get his hot dog either, so he was very hangry. And in this one, if they were LG Twins fans, they were very happy because Juan Roberto Ramos hits another home run, his ninth of the campaign. He leads the KBO with that regard. He has two hits in this game. Hunsu Kim, the guy known as the Hit Machine, he had three hits in this one. And for Anwa, this is a team that they did not get what they wanted out of starter Min Jae Young. He wound up going three innings, giving up six runs, all of which were in, including two home runs. Junsu Kim came in to relieve him. He gave up four runs over the course of two innings. He also gave up two home runs. The rest of the bullpen, they give up five runs over the course of four innings, including another home run. I mean, it was just home run derby for the Twins, and G1O, the nine-hitter for the Twins, went deep twice in this game. This is someone that had a combined 10 home runs the last two years combined. He goes deep twice in this one, so absolutely ridiculous. And for the LG Twins, they got a decent start out of Chonon Jung. He wound up going six innings, giving up three runs, bullpen from there. Jian Wook Yao, he wound up being able to give the team three innings out of the pen to be able to save some of their more middle relief guys. He gave up one run over the course of three, so no doubt a good showing for the LG Twins and a good showing for the Samsung Lions, a team that entered into last week with the top bullpen in the KBL. They didn't have to use it too much on Wednesday morning as they get an 11-1 win over the Lotte Giants and Tayin won. He was able to do a great job of preserving this bullpen. Samsung has been dealing with a lot of injuries when it comes to their starters, so the fact that he went eight innings giving up one run, but that one run was unearned was huge. Jihoon Jung wound up going one inning out of the bullpen for the seamer for Lotte. They just got lit up like a Christmas tree when it came to their bullpen. They had been doing a good job of preserving it. But in this one, they wind up going a combined four and two-thirds innings. They give up seven runs off, which were earned. And Siwoong Park, a guy that is a bit of a younger starter for the Lotte Giants at 24 years old. He gives up four runs off, which were earned, including two dingers. And in this one, Tyler Saladino actually went yard. He has raised his average all the way to a buck 63. 
So, you know what? There might be something here for the Samsung Lions team. No doubt, a very good win for them. And the NC Dinos. This is a team that just continues to roll. Now, 16-3. and They take down Kiwoom by a count of 10-3. Kiwoom had some chances with men on base, but... Felt like every time they got men on base, Taylor Motter came to the plate and struck out. But I will say this, Taylor Motter got a hit to raise, not lower, raise his average to 114. It's just absolutely terrible what this guy is doing. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. But what you do have to like to see if you are Kiwoom is the fact that Jungwoo Lee was able to get two hits in this one. He's hitting at 365. The home run power has not really been there for Kiwoom, even though Kian Chang Sao wound up going deep in this one. And for the NC Dinos, Aaron Altair is actually starting to find it. He went two of three in this game. This is someone that all of a sudden is now hitting 262, which is pretty darn respectable. And then you also had E.G. Yang. He was out for a little bit. The catcher for the NC Dinos. He is back and fully healthy. He went yard and Jayhawk Lee wound up giving up two runs over the course of six and a third innings for NC. NC has been the top team in the KBO when it comes to fewest runs giving up per game. And then the bullpen from there, two and two-thirds innings, they give up one run. And for Kiwoom, Hun Hee Han was just absolutely roughed up in this game. He gives up six runs, five of which were earned over the course of four and a third innings. Bullpen from there, they did their darn best. They went three and two-thirds innings. They gave up four runs, all of which were earned. And a team that has also been pretty unstoppable, the Doosan Bears, they actually played yet another under. It's very rare that they play back-to-back -back unders, but we saw that with Dusan. They have now played 10 out of their last 16 games with at least one team in the contest reaching double digits, but in this one, they get a 42 win. Now, do note that both these teams are dealing with injuries when it comes to the lineup. Dusan is without their normal three and four hitters. Meanwhile, for the SK Wyverns, they are missing their top home run hitters, so that means that Jamie Romack needs to step up, and he didn't in this game. Oh, of three in this contest. I will say this. Jihoon Chow, he wind up going three of four in this contest, but the problem was really nobody else did anything else as the rest of the team got a combined three hits. But for the Nissan Bears, Jose Miguel Fernandez continues to be absolutely terrific. Now hitting a 481, went two of four in this contest. And for Nissan, a very quality start out of Hun Kwan Yu. He goes seven innings, giving up one run, and ironically enough, that one run they gave up, it was off of a bases loaded walk with four pitches, but from there, a Doosan bullpen that has been struggling. They give up just one run over the course of two innings in SK. Their bullpen was pressed into action and it looked pretty good. Three and a third innings of scoreless baseball, but Sung Won Moon, he winds up giving up four runs over the course of four and two thirds innings in SK. Continues to be the cellar dweller out there in the KBL at three and 16. So that's what we all noticed from the KBL Wednesday morning. Now let's talk a little bit more Major League Baseball. We're going to take a little bit of a look at foreign baseball as well with Mike Farron of MLB Network Radio and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. And it is great to have on our next guest. This guy does great work as a host for the Arizona Diamondbacks Network and also MLB Network Radio. He is based out there in the great state of Arizona. And you can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Farron. And that last name is spelled F-E-R-R-I-N as it is Mike joining me to talk a little bit about what we're seeing with regards to negotiations with the MLB and so much more. And Mike Great to have you aboard today. How are you? It's good to be with you again, Greg. It is great to have you on. And first things first, obviously, we've got a little bit of a messy situation when it comes to the players and the owners, and I think I'm putting it very mildly. I know that we've seen the last couple of days the owners have made a couple of proposals to the players, obviously, things like 
prorated salaries, salaries sort of on a sliding scale. So that way the guys that make less, they take a little bit less of a cut than the guys that are, say, like a Mike Trout that are supposed to make 30 plus million dollars. Where do you think things are at right now with regards to negotiations? Because the owners have made these proposals, but obviously they've been much more in favor of the owners and really haven't been too fair to the players. Well, they've really only made one proposal, and that was the one that came in on Tuesday, and that was the sliding scale that you referred to. The players have maintained from the beginning of this that the agreement that they reached with the owners in March that allowed some players to be fronted an amount of their salary that we'd keep if there was no season, but that they would agree to have a prorated salary over the course of the number of games played was a set agreement, whereas Major League Baseball has felt that there was a caveat in there that allowed them to reopen the negotiations if there was, in fact, a chance to play a season without any fans. So that's kind of where we stand with it. The players weren't crazy about <laughs> the proposal that Major League Baseball made. I don't think that that should be a huge shock, especially with an opening salvo and something like this. So, you know, we've got another 10 days about to get something done if we're going to hit the posts that at least seem to be where they'd like to be, uh, opening a spring training around the 10th of June and opening day around July 1st. But I think that once the players make a counterproposal, I think you'll start to see things pick up steam. And hopefully a lot of it happens behind closed doors and likely is over the course of the next week or so. Absolutely. And you just answered the next question I was going to ask is the date that they want to start right around July 1st. And obviously it does sound like that's the case. So we're probably going to get a three or so week extended spring training as we do have Mike Farron joining me right here on the podcast. And I think another big question that needs to be answered is where are these games going to be played? Because we've heard the have everything where you're based in Arizona proposal. We saw the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League proposal, the three tier proposal. And now we've been hearing more and more about teams trying to play in their home ballpark. As we know, it's sort of on a safe-by-safe basis. The states in the south, like Georgia, Florida, they're a bit more open than California. Obviously, we've been getting some good news over the last couple of weeks, but ultimately, if we do wind up starting the season right around July 1st, July 4th, do you think that there's a chance that maybe the season ends up at home ballparks, but maybe starts in these centralized locations for the first few weeks if the MLB doesn't see the news that they want to hear with some of these western states? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they have approvals from California now to be able to play games without fans. So I don't think that that's necessarily going to be an issue. And I would assume that at this point, the toughest place to open is probably Ontario, just because there is in Toronto and in the province of Ontario, there's still a quarantine for any outside traveler for two weeks. And so maybe that's the one that would be up in the air. But for the most part, the plan is to play in the home cities and in the home stadiums without fans and then, you know, create a schedule that is more regionalized, where you'll play the majority of the games within your own division like they do now. Secondarily, you would play the same regional division in the other league, probably with a three-game home-and-home. At least that's what the initial proposal that Major League Baseball appears to be making with a schedule. It's likely that the players are going to counter with a longer schedule than the 78 or 82 games that Major League Baseball prefers. And if there is a little bit of a longer schedule, do you think that there is a chance that they're going to do the seven-inning doubleheaders that we've been hearing about? Because mm-hmm. in my opinion, if there is going to be a big change as made to Major League Baseball, this would probably be the biggest. As we know, the owners and the players, they seem to be on board with a universal designated hitter if we do wind up getting the East, Central, and West sort of three-region tier like we were talking about a little bit earlier. That doesn't seem to be too much of a debate, but I do think that what could really look different this baseball season is if we have seven-inning doubleheaders. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should look at that necessarily as three region tiers. I think they're going to keep the divisions the same. It's just that you know, this was a year that, like, the National League West was going to play the American League Central. So instead of playing the American League Central, they're going to play the American League West. So I wouldn't say that there's going to be that big a difference in that. But yeah, you know, two seven-inning doubleheaders, I think that that's still on the table if there are more games. And I think that that's a distinct possibility. But again, we get a long way to go before we get there. I mean, the biggest thing in all of this is the health component in trying to keep players and staff healthy. And they've not agreed to that yet, although they have made progress in that regard. Oh, absolutely. I remember the 100 million billion page proposal that was thrown out there for keeping the game healthy as we do have Mike Farron joining me right here on the podcast. And I do think that we've seen a little bit of this go on with regards to the KBO, because as we know, in the KBO, they've really been outlawing high fives, spitting everything like that. You can see from time to time on the TV broadcast, there is still a little bit of that. But at the same time, it certainly is not as prevalent as you'd see in Major League Baseball. Do you think that these are more or less things that the MLB is sort of saying, hey, let's sort of be like the KBO. Let's try to tone it down a little bit. If you see a high five or two, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, let's try to outline. We're not going to give out like a a 50 game suspension or anything like that. But it's just one of these things to try to prevent it as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it's born of testing. And I think as of right now, Major League Baseball has created or at least is hoping to create a, a testing program where they would be able to get results multiple times a week within 24 hours by using their facility in Utah that they've used for years as their drug testing facility. They have converted to a COVID testing place. So I think that's part of it. If they had daily testing, if they were able to do that, and you know, by July 1st, that might be a reasonable thing to have in every market where you don't feel like you're taking away the tests from frontline workers or from the general public that needs to be tested or wants to be tested. If we get to that point in another month, then I can see some some of those restrictions being relaxed very easily, like sitting six feet apart from each other in the dugout or social distancing in the stand. It's all an added precaution as of right now, because while they have the ability to test frequently, they don't have the ability to test daily. I think that's a very good point that you bring up with the facility in Utah. Sounds like they're able to do right around 10,000 tests a week. So no doubt that will be very huge for baseball. And something else that's big for baseball is the fact that the Taiwanese League and the Korean Baseball Organization, they certainly have been gaining a little bit of steam these last few weeks, as we know, with MLB on hiatus. Starving fans for baseball, much like myself, have been staying up until the wee hours of the morning to watch baseball in the Far East. And we've noticed a guy by the name of Roberto Ramos that was with the Colorado Rockies last year is absolutely torn up the KBO right now, leading the league at home runs. He was a guy that actually did very well at AAA as well. He hit right around 330-plus home runs. Do you think that the success of Ramos, the fact that he's getting these big at-bats, he's able to shine on a big stage, obviously, the circumstances is giving him a little bit more shine than he'd get in a normal year. But do you think this might lead to a couple more guys that they might be sort of like a fringe MLB player, a guy that's in AAA saying, hey, you know what? If I go overseas for a year or two, I tear it up. I could go to the States, perhaps get a little bit of a nice contract and be able to get a little bit more playing time. Yeah, there have been a few guys that have done that. It hasn't happened very often, but Merrill Kelly is one who comes to mind who he wasn't going to be added to the Rays 40-man roster. And so he went to Korea to pitch and had good success for four years before coming back to the States. So yeah, I do think that that's entirely possible. I mean, I think in Ramos's case, he saw that he wasn't going to be added to the roster and there was likely a log jam at first base with the Rockies who, you know, have guys like Tyler Nevin that are ahead of him on the depth chart. And so it made sense. You know, after seeing Ramos a little bit in the fall league last year, it felt like Korea was a really good spot for him. I think he struggles at times with velocity, which is obviously 
a big issue with playing in the States. And obviously the velocity is not the same in Korea, but you know, he's a unique player in that regard. And who knows if he makes some adjustments over the course of the next two or three years, maybe he is able to come back and have success like say an Eric Thames has. Oh, absolutely. Being a Milwaukee Brewers fan, the signing of Josh Lindblom is mm-hmm. something that I'm certainly going to be keeping track of. Obviously, Eric Thames, who you just mentioned, he's had great success ever since coming back to the States. And with regards to these next 10 days when it comes to baseball, what's the biggest thing that you're keeping your eye on? Because obviously, we've got so much going on with regards to negotiations, the money part, the safety. There's all that going on. So this is a very critical 10 days. Just for the lay of the land in baseball in general, is there anything in particular that you really like see getting done for us to feel a little bit more optimistic about things? Well, yeah, I'd like the financial component to get figured out. I mean, I think that that's kind of where we all are at this point. I mean, I think even though there might be some distance between the two sides on the health and safety protocol, I don't think that anything there is insurmountable. You know, the money issue is very real. And with baseball's history of labor disputes, I think it is certain is understandable if people view this with trepidation. Now, I think something is going to get done, but it's a very, very difficult PR look to have this going on in the midst of a pandemic. And I think that's the case from both sides. And so I would like to see that get finished. That, to me, is the biggest thing. Then everything else falls in line, You know, whether or not we have a trade deadline, what the roster size looks like, the universal DH, all of those things. There's going to be plenty of time to discuss those things as we get through spring training 2.0. But as of now, I think the focus needs to be on the money and whether or not these two sides can come to an agreement. And I'm still optimistic that they will, despite the fact that Tuesday was a little bit discouraging from the union standpoint and certainly probably from ownership standpoint, too, that their offer was dismissed out of hand. But I do think that there are ways to be able to get a path to go after this, to put a product on the field this year that I think, you know, we all want to see. And as somebody who covers baseball for a living, whose livelihood is tied to baseball, I desperately want to see them back on the field. You know, it is a lot of my life, and I would really love to be able to see them get a season going and just embrace the weirdness that would come with a much shorter schedule. I am right there with you. I think that everyone is rooting for a season. And I think that the most damaging thing that baseball could do is not come to agreement due to money. If there's a second wave with COVID-19 that happens in the fall and we're not able to get a World Series, I think that's one thing. I think that the fans, they just would be very distraught if this thing winds up coming crashing to the ground because these guys just can't come to an agreement due to money. But Mike, something that we can all agree on is that you do fantastic work with MLB Network Radio and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. So let the good people at home know what you're all doing right now. Because even though you're not right now doing pre and post game work with the Arizona Diamondbacks, you're doing a great job of keeping busy and you're keeping your head on a swivel and keeping up with all this news. It's been surprisingly busy. I mean, so we're still on every morning from 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific time on MLB Network Radio, and then we're doing a weekly show on Tuesday evening in Phoenix for the Diamondbacks. But uh, it's still been plenty busy. There's plenty to do, and there's a lot of time to catch up with contacts to try and figure out what exactly is going on. So that's most of what we're spending our time doing and you know, trying to keep people as entertained as possible. We know there's going to be a draft, so... We're focused on that, and we're still really hopeful that there's going to be a season. And I think just about everyone that's associated with baseball is hoping and praying that they're going to be busy for the months to come because that means that most likely we are going to be having a MLB season, regardless of how short it is. That would be good for pretty much everyone. And Mike is doing absolutely terrific work. So big thanks to Mike Farron for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time in which I give you a side total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all.
Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Mike Farron of MLB Network Radio and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. Does some great studio work with them for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side and total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at JRSCordy1. As per usual, you are betting on the team with these. The only place you can really go to go pitcher dependent on the KBO is Pinnacle at this point. If anyone finds a book in which you're able to go pitcher dependent that's not Pinnacle, please do let me know and I will update this part of the podcast, but with pretty much everywhere that you're finding, you're betting on the team, so that means that if, say, Adrian Sampson of the Lotte Giants gets scratched and you bet on Lotte, well, you still got the Lotte Giants. And without further ado, let's get into these games in Las Vegas rotation order, starting with 304-621-304-622. The Lotte Giants are going to be playing also the Samsung Lions. The Lotte Giants are finding themselves quite the substantial favorite here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170. And that makes the Samsung Lions anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150. The total that you're finding on this game, it is anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half. With the overjuice on 10, it is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. That makes the under anywhere between minus 105 and even. On the 10 and a half, over and under, both at minus 110. And with the Lotte Giants, who I just mentioned a second ago, he is going to be getting the start for them. That would be Adrian Sampson. And for Samsung, it is going to be Yunong Hyao, who's going to be getting the start. And Mr. Hyao is 18 years old. This is his first career start, so we don't have a lot of information on this guy. I am not going to lie. All I've got is a couple YouTube videos. I mean, it looks like he's got some solid stuff. He's obviously still developing. You got to think that the command might be a little bit off. And then with Mr. Samson, this is someone that we remember from his time in the MLB. He gave up right around two home runs for nine innings. This is a guy that can be hard hit, but we know this with Samsung. They are an all or nothing offense. We've seen them the last couple nights. They're either scoring 10 plus runs or they're scoring less than two. There's really no in-between with this team. They don't necessarily have a bunch of power hitters. Tyler Saladino hit a home run yesterday, but he's still hitting below 175. You've got the entire bottom of the lineup that is really struggling for Samsung. And you just don't have that guy that you're saying like, oh yeah, he's able to hit a bunch of home runs. And what I like about Samson is in his time in the major leagues, he had a walks per nine innings rate right around two and a half. So his command is solid. He's probably not going to be going much beyond I would say about 70 or so pitches. We saw what Chad Bell did a few nights ago when he was rehabbing and came back for the Anwa Eagles. He went 60 pitches, so I think that Samson is probably going to be right in that range for the Lotte Giants, and then from there, they're going to be turning it over to the bullpen. And for Lotte, this is a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of power, but they do have some guys that do a solid job of being able to get on base. The biggest of which is Dayo Lee. He's pretty much a Miguel Cabrera of the KBO at this point. Just one home run so far this year, but he's hitting a 347. He's up there in years at age 37. It looks like he's pulling a tractor whenever he runs around the bases, but he does a good job of being able to get on base. Cheong on An has also been raising his average a little bit as well. This is someone that hit a 315 last year. So far this year, a 268. He is starting to find it a little bit more, which is big. He's about a 30-year-old guy, so you gotta think that he's gonna be able to pick it up at some point, but with Lotte, much like with Samsung, Hitters 7 through 9, and you're going to find this a lot with the KBO. The top hitters, they are very good. 
the bottom hitters, there's a massive drop-off, and that is the case with Lotte as well. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game. Going into last week, Samsung had the number one bullpen ERA out there in the KBO. I think that Hiao is going to get hit a little bit, but I think that Samsung's bullpen is going to be able to, at the very least, hold this to a single-digit game when it comes to the total, so I'm going to take it under, but I do think that Lotte is going to be able to pull it out with Mr. Adrian Sampson, so we are taking the Giants in this spot. We move on to 304-623-304-624. It is the KT Wiz, aka the Smiling Blobs, and they are going to be playing host to the Kia Tigers. With the Kia Tigers, they are the favorite in this one. You're finding them in most places right in the neighborhood of minus 160. It is going to vary a little bit. I am seeing a couple minus 150s out there as well. That makes the Smiling Blobs anywhere between plus 130 and plus 140. Your total on this game, it is 9.5. The over is used of minus 105 pretty much across the board, and the under is minus 115. With our friends, the Smiling Blobs, they trot out there. Hong Jun So. Meanwhile, Hong Jun Yang is going to be going for the Kia Tigers, and Yang is someone that was just absolutely lights out in the KBO last year. 229 ERA, 16-8 record. He had like four or five rough starts to begin the year, and then he was absolutely dominant. And it seems like that might be the case once against this year. He got roughed up in his first start against Kiwoom. He went only three innings. He gave up four runs. Ever since then, he's given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last three starts. This is a guy that gives up the long ball a little bit. He has given up so far three home runs in his last three starts, but he also does a good job of being able to get swings and misses. Has given up two walks or fewer in each out of his last seven starts, dating back to last year, so he's got very good command. He does a nice job of being able to eat up innings, so I do like what I see out of Mr. Yang. And then when you take a look at the other side for the Smiling Blob, So is only 18 years old, so he is trying to get a little bit more acclimated to the KBO. I will say, he's actually been pretty solid in a couple of his starts. He has given up two earned runs or fewer in two out of his three starts. I will say this, he has been the victim of three unearned runs so far this year, and he is someone that certainly is pitching to contact. He's only gotten two strikeouts in each out of his first three starts. He is doing a good job with the command, but he has given up at least five hits in all three of his starts as well. And with Kia, this has really been a little bit of an all-or-nothing offense. Preston Tucker has one hit or fewer in four of the team's last five games, but he's right now leading KBO and RBI with 22. He's been very solid with that regard. The big question is, some of the guys towards the middle lineup, but they're starting to come along for the ride. Like Hunwoo Choi, he is now hitting a 270. He's up there in years at age 36. Not necessarily the power hitter that he once was, but he's got a pair of home runs so far this year. Sunbin Kim really busted out a few nights ago, and he was able to get four hits against the Smiling Blobs team. He certainly is not a guy that's going to be going deep too much. 23 career home runs, and he's been in the KBO since 2008, but he does a nice job of being able to get on base. And then Chano Park is one of the most sure-handed infielders that you're going to find in the KBO, and he had over 30 stolen bases last year. And with the Smiling Blobs, it's now all on Melo Rojas, as he has been hitting right around a 400 so far this year, but what is really hurting this team is the fact that they are a little bit banged up when it comes to the middle of the lineup, and the biggest injury is Beko Kong. He was the number one overall pick in the KBO draft in 2018, was hitting a 333 in 14 games with five home runs before he went down with an injury. He is going to continue to be out of the fold, so you need someone like a Wujin Sim, a gentleman that's been hitting just above a 300 so far this year to continue to get on base. He's got some of the best wheels that you're going to find out there in the KBO, but he has been a guy that has been very streaky. I will say this, though. At least one hit in each of his last 10 games. Got off to a slow start. He's been doing better ever since then. But what you also need from the Smiling Blobs team is for a hitter 6 through 9 to be able to come through. It just feels like on a night-to-night basis, at least two of these guys are not going to get a single hit. And for Kia, they could really use the same thing. With KT being down so many guys in the lineup, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a slog for them. But I just think that this is a spot in which they're probably going to be able to get there like three or four runs. But I think that Hun Jun So is going to get roughed up for KT. This is a young kid. And I think that Preston Tucker and company, they're really going to 
going to be able to bust out in this spot. So we're going to take the over and we're going to lay it here with the Kia Tigers. We move on to 304, 625, 304, 626. The Kiwo Miros are going to be hitting the road to face off against the NC Dinos. The Dinos are anywhere between a minus 170 and minus 180 favorite, with the Euros are anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. Your total on this game, it is 11 and a half, and it seems to be settling in quite nicely. Overs anywhere between even a minus 105 on the juicy under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. When you're taking a look at this pitching matchup, going for the Kiwoom Heroes is going to be Dayong Jung, and it is going to be Younggu Kim that is going to be going for NC, and Mr. Kim has actually been quite solid for the NC Dinos so far this year. 394 ERA. He is 0-1, but what I really like about this kid is the fact that he's given up one walk over the course of 16 innings, so he's been doing a great job of locating. What's not been so nice is the fact that he's given up six home runs so far this year. Needless to say, that is not very good. He gave up three home runs against the Hanwha Eagles, but the good news is, is that Kiwoom is not really getting a lot of power in the lineup, and it's actually subtraction by addition, for lack of a better term, for the Heroes. They wind up adding Taylor Motter to the lineup, and every time Taylor Motter's been in the lineup for the Heroes, they have struggled on offense. When he's been out of the lineup, they've actually been doing a little bit better as Motter is hitting below a buck 20 right now. I mean, it is absolutely horrific. You couldn't get five gumballs with his batting average right now if they were all pennies, so that no doubt is not very good, and Dae Young Jun, speaking of things that are not very good, the fact that this is his first start in the KBO ever since 2017, his lifetime KBO ERA, a 6.63. It has been a while for him, and he has not necessarily had a whole lot of success. This is someone that is probably getting the start because Jake Ringham, one of the foreign-born pitchers for Kiwoom, he has been placed on the injured list. He's going to be out for a little bit. We also know with NC, they have been one of the top teams when it comes to ERA out there in the KBO, so that is something that you certainly do want to note. I do feel like this total is heightened a little bit with NC. They certainly have been doing a great job of being able to put bat to ball. You now have a fully healthy E.G. Yang. He has been doing a very solid job at the catcher spot for this team all year long, hitting a 314. He went deep yesterday for his second home run of the year. He had 20 last year. You got to think that he's going to be able to pick it up. To my surprise, a guy that's known on this podcast as Aaron Altair. Aaron Altair. He had two hits yesterday. He has been doing a solid job recently. He's up to four home runs so far this year. He has been able to hit right around at 262. Things are starting to materialize for him and this is one of the few lineups that you're going to find in the KBO, that 1 through 9, everyone is a very capable hitter. Meanwhile, with Kiwoom, it's been a little bit of a slog for Byungo Park, who led the KBO in home runs last year. He had 33 dingers last year. So far this year, he's hitting a 214 with four home runs, so that has been a little bit of an issue. And what you really need out of Kiwoom is just guys 6 through 9 to be able to produce for this team, because it has not been good for them, to say the least. You've got someone like a Duck King... Lee, he is hitting a 217 for this team. It has just been very much hit or miss. He is 39 years old. He is up there in years. You just don't have a lot of power in general with Kiwoom. That has really been the kryptonite of Kim for NC. I think the fact that he's going to be able to locate, he's going to pitch to contact, and I think that the fact that Kiwoom is not going to be able to take it out is really what's going to decide this game. I think that the Dinos are certainly going to be able to put up a touchdown. I just don't know if they're going to be able to put up enough runs for this total to get to 12+. plus. So for that reason, I'm going to take this total under, but I think the Dinos should be able to win this game convincingly. I'm going to wind up taking a look at the run line in this spot. Now, you're going to see varying run lines when it comes to this game. A lot of places have it at even juice. I know that there are a couple places that have it right around plus 105, plus 110, so do your best to try to find, at the very least, even juice, if not a little bit of plus money, but with that said, I think that the Dinos should be able to take this easily, so we're going to be taking them on the run line, and we are going to be taking this total under as well. We move on to 304-627, 304-628. The LG Twins are going to be hitting the road to face off against the 
Hanwha Eagles. The Eagles are finding themselves an underdog in this spot. The Eagles are plus 142 to plus 150 underdogs. Meanwhile, the Twins, anywhere between minus 162 and minus 175 total on this game, it has absolutely cratered. It is 7.5. This is one of the lowest totals that you're going to find on the KBO board. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110. That makes the under anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Warwick Sapold is going to be getting the start for the Eagles. Meanwhile, for the LG Twins, it is going to be Casey Kelly. And if you're someone that likes these yes-no run props, the yes on this one is minus 105, and we've seen it with Casey Kelly. When he gives up runs, he's given them all up in the first inning. As a matter of fact, in his three starts so far this year, he went up against the Dinos, the Heroes, and the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. He has given up a grand total of 10 runs, nine of which were earned. I believe that every one of the earned runs that he has given up have all come in the first inning. So I think that that is something that you might want to be taking a look at for an angle. I'm going to be betting the full game. I'm not going to be going with the first inning, but I did want to throw out there something a little bit interesting if you are interested with that. And I did get that yes-no first inning run prop from our good friends at Circa. And then when you take a look at Warwick Sapol, this is someone that has been pretty spectacular for the team. He's made five starts so far. He started off the year with a complete game shutout of the SK Wyverns. He's coming off a start in his last game against the NC Dinos in which the command wasn't quite as good as it was at the beginning of the year. He had three walks in three starts to begin the year. He had three walks in that contest, but he's done a very good job of being able to limit the hard contact. And this is a guy that he's going to give you six plus innings every single start with Hanwha. This is a bunch that they had to use up their bullpen quite a bit when they had Chad Bell getting the start a few days ago. They certainly weren't able to hold up yesterday when they wound up just getting absolutely shellacked by the LG Twins. So that is something that you want to keep in the back of your mind. You're going to think that the Eagles want Sapol to be able to give a good couple innings. And then when you take a look at this LG Twins team, they've got the league leader when it comes to home runs in one Roberto Ramos. He's hitting just below 400, nine home runs, right around 20 RBI. He has been terrific. And what's been helping him out is the fact that the guys towards the top lineup have been doing a good job of being able to set the table as well. Lee Sung-Che, he is hitting just below a 300 right now, 289. This is a guy with the glasses. He's been able to do a solid job. And then Hunsu Kim, who we remember from the Baltimore Orioles and the Philadelphia Phillies, hitting a 410 so far this year. He has been absolutely terrific at being able to get on base, on base percentage of a 465. Bottom of the lineup, sometimes it's a little bit hit or miss with the Twins, but hitters 8 through 9 yesterday had a combined 5 hits in 8 at-bats, so no doubt they're getting it going there. And with Anwa, the offense has actually been able to ignite itself a little bit. I do have to give them a little bit of credit with that regard. This is a bunch that they have scored at least four runs and now four out of their last six games. So it is certainly a marked improvement. And if you want to go back even further in six out of their last nine games, they have been able to get to that four-run plateau. So it is improving a little bit. I do think that this is a little bit too low of a total because I do think that Sapold is in for a little bit of a tougher start. I think that Kelly's rough starts are going to continue in this one because with Hanwha, I think that Jared Hoying is really going to find his mark. Only hitting a 228 for the year. You've got to think that at some point he's going to be able to bust out of that. But above him, you've got John O'Jung, who's been able to find himself a little bit this year. 275 batting average after hitting just a 208 last year. I really like the way that he has been able to get on base recently, so I do think that that is a big aspect to Hanwha. I do think that the Eagles are going to have enough in the tank when it comes to the bullpen. I think that Sapult does a little bit of a better job than Casey Kelly. So for that reason, we are going to be taking the Eagles with a plus price and we are going to be taking the total over as well. And we wrap things up with 304-629-304-630. The Doosan Bears are going to be playing on CSK Wyverns. The Wyverns are finding themselves the biggest underdog on the KBO betting board. You're going to be finding them in a lot of places right around a plus 170 to a plus 175 
75. That makes the Deuce on Bears anywhere between minus $2 and minus 210. The total on this game that you are finding, well, it is the highest out there on the KBO betting board. Anywhere between 11 and a half and 12. With the 11 and a half, the over is just a minus 115. The under is minus 105. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the 12, the over is just a plus 105. The under is minus 125. Going for the Tucson Bears in this one is going to be Young Chan Lee. Meanwhile, Gian Wok Lee is going to be getting the start for the SK Wyverns. And Mr. Gian Wok Lee, to say that his career ERA in the KBO is not good would be an understatement. It is 11.81. Now, I will say this. He has made two relief appearances so far this year. And in three and a third innings, he has not given up an earned run. Yippee skippy. But with that said, this is a 25-year-old that is not very proven. And he's going to be going up against a Doosan Bears lineup that it is a little bit banged up. The three and four hitters, they are in and out of the fold for this team. But what you still have is one Jose Miguel Fernandez, a guy with an on-base percentage. It's hovering right around 500. He's hitting a 481. So, no fans or butts about it. That's going to be a little bit difficult. I do think that Young Chan Lee, the starter for Doosan, is going to be able to pick it up. He's got a 10.34 ERA so far this year, but he had a 4.07 ERA last season, and towards the end of last season, he looked very good, and his last 10 starts of the 2019 season had an ERA that was hovering right around three, and the big thing with Dusan with Mr. Lee is the fact that he has been giving up quite a few walks so far this year. Five walks and four home runs surrendered in 15 and two-thirds innings, but you take a look at some of the competition that he's had to face off against a full staff KT smiling blobs lineup on the road against Kia on the road against Samsung so it is a little bit forgivable I do think that he's going to be able to find his watermark and this is a guy that has issued two walks or fewer in all 10 of his last 10 starts so I do think that the command is certainly going to be there with him unlike it's been in the last couple starts and when you take a look at SK this is a bunch that they're right now dealing with some injuries in the lineup as well Dong Min Han, who was one of the KBO's leader with regards to home runs, was hitting a 317 with six home runs. He's going to be out the next six to eight weeks, which means that Jamie Romack, who was actually the leading vote getter for the KBO All-Star game last year, he's going to need to pick it up. And so far this year, he has been not really hitting the way that he did last year. 271 batting average. He's got two home runs. Last year, he had 29 home runs. That doesn't necessarily sound too impressive, but considering the ball was D-Juice, he was in the top five when it comes to home runs last year. I will say this. Jinji Young, he has been doing a very solid job with SK. 327 batting average so far this year, but you do want to know. Prior to this season, his career best batting average was a 244, hit a buck 88 last year. Now, that was in a limited amount of at-bats, but I do think that this is going to fall back to earth a little bit. You just don't know what you're going to get out of the bottom of the lineup as well. And with Dusan, this is a bunch that they're bottom of the lineup as well. Because of all the injuries, it is a little bit more hitter miss. I will say, Seahawk Park is hitting a 319 at the catcher spot. That, no doubt, is very nice, but I do think that with Dusan being a little bit banged up. It's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. You've got a little bit of an unknown with SK. I just cannot take the unknown. I do think that Lee for Dusan is going to be solid and it seems like the Dusan bullpen is improving as well. The fact that they were able to save themselves from having to overwork the first part of this series is also very big. So for that reason, we're going to be taking a look at the run line with Dusan. Now the Dusan run line is going to vary from book to book. At a lot of places, I'm seeing this right around a minus 110-ish. You're going to be able to find some minus 105s. I'm seeing it as high as minus 1 15. If you can find it even, obviously take it, but do your best to try to get minus 110 or better in this one, and I'm going to be taking this total under as well. That is Dusan on the run line, by the way. And now we'll wrap things up for the Wednesday afternoon slash Thursday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast. Big thanks to Mike Farron of MLB Network Radio for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a very big question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at GRS41. Hopefully you're all safe out there and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.